You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Zags, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Stephen Carr. You can follow me on Twitter at SCARGO, and you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Zags. Today is Tuesday, April 20th, and Chet Holmgren is officially a Zag. Most of today's podcast will be dedicated to him, the seven-foot unicorn who's going to be arriving in Spokane over the summer. I'm going to give some of my own thoughts about how he can be utilized on both ends of the floor. And then we're going to bring in Eric Perkins. He is the sports director at KARE in Minneapolis, and he covered Chet's entire high school career. So we are going to get his insights on what Holmgren brings to Spokane. And then we're going to finish the show with some player reviews, as we've been doing the last couple weeks. Today, it's going to be Julian Strother on the men's side, Abby O'Connor on the women's side. And at the very end, we're going to hit some uh, some couple transfer portal news uh, notes on the way out. First, let me give my thoughts on Chet Holmgren's commitment. Chet Holmgren is a rim-protecting center on defense, and he is a guard-wing hybrid on offense. So let's go ahead and just kind of break down both sides of the ball. Let's start with defense, because to me, this is where Chet Holmgren is going to make the biggest difference no matter what like offensively we're going to see what Gonzaga kind of how he they kind of utilize him in their system but defensively he's going to be an absolute menace no matter what he is an elite rim protector and is going to give just a totally different dynamic than what you saw uh, this past season he's much more in the Brandon Clark Zach Collins Shemek Karnowski like you can't score inside much on this guy and he can guard one through five. Um, switching is not going to be an issue because of his length and, more importantly, his closing speed. Because even if he gets beat off the bounce, his wingspan of like seven foot six is going to shorten the time he needs to get back to the ball. And he's going to be blocking shots from behind all the time. So, the other thing that that also does is it's going to help Drew Timmy a lot to have Chet Holmgren kind of floating around. One of the biggest things for Drew Timmy to work on over the offseason, obviously, is his um, lateral quickness, being able to defend guards on the perimeter. But next season, if he does get beat off the drive, then you know most likely Chet Holmgren is going to be floating around um, and blocking shots behind him. So that'll be a huge help for Timmy as well. I think Chet Holmgren could very easily lead the country and block shots next year. He's already an elite shot blocker. Now imagine him with Gonzaga's principles of verticality being taught to him. You know, good luck scoring over that length. So I think the defensive side of the ball is something that he's, he's going to make an impact on no matter what, just because of that, that wingspan and his ability to guard one through five without too much of a problem. The more interesting thing for me is how they use him on offense. Because as we all have seen in the highlights, and if you've watched him, you know he's got guard skills in a seven-foot body. So he can play really anywhere, three through five, I would say, uh, in Gonzaga's system. 
I think he's going to spend most of his time, I would guess, as kind of a stretch four, more in the Kyle Wilcher, Killian Tilly role, or even the Corey Kispert role. Like he's, he could basically do exactly what Corey Kispert did this season and play, um, you know, with the ball or as a screener, which Corey Kispert did. I mean, if you go back to like the 2016 season, and I've mentioned this, I think, last week on the podcast, and I wrote an article describing this as well uh, on my website, which you can find on my Twitter profile. But the 2016 team used Kyle Wilcher and DeMontis Sabonis together, and they ran more uh, what we call horns actions in that season than they have really in any season prior or since. And so... What that did is it allowed both Wilcher and Sabonis to get involved in a bunch of different actions, and they kind of just played off of each other. And I think you could see something very, very similar with um, you know uh, Holmgren in that Wilcher role and Drew Timmy in the Sabonis role down low. Um, be, and especially if you throw in Andrew Nemhard in there as well, Nemhard can do so many dynamic things with Drew Timmy as a roller or Chet Holmgren as a roller and a lob threat or Timmy as a roller and Chet Holmgren as a pick and pop guy or Timmy rolling and Chet Holmgren filling behind in the kind of uh, roll and replace action. I mean, there's so many different things that the, that three man tandem can do. And Chet Holmgren's shooting ability, which he has, he shot 80% this year as a senior. Obviously, some of that is, you know, dunking on five foot ten little high school kids, but some of that, like he shoots a bunch of threes as well. So to shoot 80% is ridiculous. He's a good three-point shooter, and his shooting ability is going to open up even more space for Drew Timmy. And with Corey Kispert, Joel Ayai, Jalen Suggs all leaving, like Gonzaga is gonna need three-point shooting next year. So the more threes Chet can hit, obviously the better it is for Gonzaga, but it also, like I said, is going to open up more space for Drew Timmy. And the defense guarding Gonzaga is going to have to choose who they want to defend Holmgren and who they want to defend Timmy. Because if you only have, you know, one strong, you know, big post guy, do you want him defending Timmy inside or do you want him defending the seven foot one guy on the perimeter? Most of the time, they're going to choose to have them guard Drew Timmy on the on the uh, interior, which leaves a, typically a smaller guy on Chet Holmgren. So Chet Holmgren can get kind of these post isolations or mid post isolations um, or even take his guy off the bounce from the perimeter and then post him up. Like he's going to have a size advantage as if he doesn't already, uh, but a bigger size advantage than normal, mostly because they're going to probably put their strongest, biggest guy on Drew Timmy inside, which leaves a bigger mismatch for Chet Holmgren he's just the ultimate mismatch he really is um and the more attention that comes to him and the more attention that comes to Drew Timmy that leaves a bunch of open threes in all likelihood for Hunter Salas and Julian Strother and Dominic Harris and Andrew Nemhard. and if they get another guard like those three those two guys Timmy and Chet if all the attention is on them it's going to leave a bunch of open shots uh for those guards the other interesting part is how the lineups will look because Chet, they could they could go super, super big, right, and have a lineup where they have two guards plus Watson and Chet and Timmy all on the line, all on the floor together. But they can also go small ball. I mean, you can't really go small ball with Chet Holmgren. He's seven feet tall, but you know what I mean. You can go small ball, and this might be their best defensive lineup where they have Nemhard, Salas, Harris, and then either Watson or Strother at the four. 
and Chet Holmgren at the five with Timmy on the bench. Like that could very easily be their death defensive lineup as the season goes on. There's so much lineup versatility. There's so much versatility just in Chet Holmgren's game. Uh, and I just I can't wait to see what few and his staff have up their sleeve with this guy because there's so many different possibilities um, that they can use uh, with him and his mismatches. So it is going to be a really, really interesting season in Spokane just watching this guy. And you know he's going to be the center of attention around most of college basketball uh, given kind of just who he is as a player. Okay, coming up, we're going to talk with Eric Perkins. He's the sports director at KARE in Minneapolis. We're going to talk about Chet Holmgren's high school career and get his thoughts on what Chet Holmgren is bringing to Gonzaga. But first, a minute to talk about rockauto.com. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com The Locked On Podcast Network is covering the NFL Draft from all angles. Catch up on the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast presented by Odyssey. Follow Locked On NFL Draft and the Draft Dudes podcast for the latest draft news. And stay tuned for more info about our live NFL Draft coverage. Joining the show now to talk about Chet Holmgren is Eric Perkins from KARE in Minneapolis. Eric, let's just get down to it. You've covered Chet throughout his high school career. Have you ever seen any athlete in any sport as unique as this kid? It's it's unusual and probably unprecedented to see somebody 7-1 that agile and that <laughs> fiercely competitive. He's he's a remarkable athlete and and it's no wonder he's the Naismith Award winner and he's the number 1 overall recruit and he'll probably be the number 1 overall NBA draft pick as well. I mean, this is a guy who has uh, just a winning mentality and he's he's done it time and time again at the state championship level here in Minnesota uh, where he's got trophy after trophy and and the hits just keep coming and 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 now yeah sure enough he's Gonzaga bound and as a personally speaking as a Pepperdine alum (laughs) for him to go to to Gonzaga in uh, in the Pepperdine conference there it's just it it always pains me to see how always good they are but no I'm just kidding they've done some phenomenal things over the years and they deserve all the success that they're getting you mentioned uh, Chet is a true seven-footer, but he enjoys playing more so on the perimeter. Can you kind of speak to the versatility he brings on the offensive end? Absolutely. If, if you've never seen Chet, um, what what will 
astound you is how good of a ball handler he is for somebody seven foot one. I mean, we've seen enough seven feet one athletes in in the NBA and at the college level over the years to know how clunky they can be at times. But Chet is almost freakish in that regard. Um, in in his not not just the the dribbling, but but his knack for knowing where everybody else is on the on the court. His court awareness is is second to none at this level. And and you you see his sort of mobility and his his ability to just like spin and pivot and and find the open a player on the court. It's 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 remarkable. He really has it all. I think the only knock on Holmgren's game, at least for the you know the levels that are to come is his physicality and and the fact that he is you know slender and what not even 200 pounds yet um but but it's it hasn't stopped him yet in being a a ferocious shot blocker in being a a very effective rebounder and and everything else plus the fact that he's got the three-point shot too i mean he's just it's a little bit of everything and i know i know i know for a fact that Chet has been working hard to bulk up his body. I mean, it's been a point of emphasis um, off the court. He's he's been more than open in saying that he doesn't listen to all the haters that call him too skinny and all that stuff. But but I do know that behind the scenes, Chet is is working hard to, to bulk up and strengthen up for for the next levels. It, it is it is definitely a priority of his. So let's uh, let's change gears from Chet the basketball player to Chet the person. Uh, In his announcement today, he thanked the janitors for pulling out the bleachers this morning so he could have the announcement. And Gonzaga fans were immediately like, all right, this kid is going to fit the Gonzaga culture perfectly. Uh, Can you explain what kind of human being Gonzaga is getting? I, I, you know, not not entirely because I, you know, I, I just know by what I've experienced, and and so like you know to the core, I don't know Chet Holmgren, but but from the outside looking in, this is a guy who does have his head on his shoulders. His parents have firmly kind of grounded him, and and have been really good influences on him. He he is cordial. He's he's sort of soft spoken, um, but he also has on on the flip side, he has this sort of immense swagger about him as well and and i think you know i don't know if you, you remember that that video from a couple of years ago when he was at steph curry's camp oh yeah and uh, and did, <laughs> did the crossover and all the stuff that and the big dunk and all that stuff and i, I just think that you know you know from his sophomore year on he's realized what a fast track he's on and i think that you know with the confidence that he's that he's developed and sort of uh and, and the sort of confidence on the court, but off the court as well. He's just, he's really kind of going to be comfortable in his own skin and, and the trajectory that he's on. I, I've seen him be an incredible teammate to his, you know, to his fellow Minnehaha Academy players. And they've got a really good roster and have over the years. But but uh, he's unselfish. And, and I think that, yeah, it, that does go beyond the court. And I, I do think that, you know, it's hard to be humble in the position that he's in, but I think for the most part, he handles it pretty well. Speaking of his teammates, shortly after his commitment, uh, his former high school teammate, Jalen Suggs, announced that he's going to go to the NBA. So we won't get to see them team up in college like they did in high school. But for you, I mean, how cool is it? And if you got a sense of this, how cool is it to see the success of so many Minnesota kids the last you know, five to 10 years now? 
It really has. You know, everybody calls this the state of hockey because, you know, as far as in the United States goes, it, it has produced more hockey players per capita than just about anywhere. But but I think in recent years, we're just sort of shifting to calling it the state of basketball because, you know, in just this year alone, when you look at Jalen Suggs and Paige Beckers on the women's side, you know, how how effective, you know, a lot of the, the high school programs are here, but also the AAU programs are here as well. Um, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. And it's a point of pride here in, in the state of Minnesota, how well these kids are doing. And, and when Jalen Suggs made that shot, you know, it, 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 to beat UCLA, it was just, it was like he, he had reached a whole nother level, not quite Joe Maurer, uh, you know, deity status, but he was definitely up there in the eyes of, of folks here. And, and everybody is just, you know, beyond giddy that the Timberwolves are where they're at in the standings and that there's a chance that they could end up drafting him if the ping pong balls fall in the right spots. Um, and that yeah, I think that the overwhelming hope is that the Timberwolves end up getting sucked eventually. But yeah, it's, it's been, it's been pretty awesome to watch these guys play and, and play at the level that they're playing, you know? Absolutely. Hey, Eric, I appreciate the insights. Uh, I know we are all very excited over here to see uh, Chet play in Spokane. I appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Eric for his time and for his expertise. We're going to wrap up the show today talking about Julian Strother and Abby O'Connor and then just uh, give a few extra tidbits that I didn't get to at the top of the show. But first, I want to say that the addition of Chet Holmgren has made Gonzaga a very heavy betting favorite to win the national championship in the 2022 season. BetOnline.ag, you can get Gonzaga at plus 450 right now to win the national title. The closest other teams are Michigan, UCLA, and Villanova at plus 1,200. Gonzaga's at plus 450. Everybody else is at 1,200 or worse. So that is a head and shoulders favorite currently to win the 2022 national championship. And if you want a place to bet on that, like I said, betonline.ag is the place to go. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball are all in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts use promo code LOCKEDON. Football fans, the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey is happening right now. Featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason LaConfora, and Brian Baldinger. Our local experts from every team will be making trades and picking up the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. All right, we're going to finish the show today with some player reviews. We're going to talk about Julian Strother and Abby O'Connor. Let's go ahead and start with Strother. I think Strother is going to be the leading scorer for Gonzaga in the 22-23 season. I expect him to have a huge sophomore jump this year. Uh, he's probably going to play 
I don't know, 20 to 25 minutes or so, maybe right around 20. And then he is going to take over the team the following year, and I think he's going to be their most dynamic scorer. You saw glimpses of it this season. I think I tweeted out after the San Diego game on the road where he scored 11 points in 10 minutes that this dude could average 20 by the end of his career. Um, And he had a game. I mean, everybody scored well against Portland, but he had a game against Portland where he had 12 points. And then off the bench against Norfolk State, he hit three threes. Like, he had multiple games this year. San Diego game, he had a couple threes. Norfolk State, he had three threes. He didn't really show that shooting ability a whole lot in high school and in his FIBA career. It was kind of a very inconsistent shot. If Julian Strother has developed a full-blown three-point attack and he's shooting close to 40%, like he might be unstoppable uh, by the end of his Gonzaga career. As it was this season, he played in 25 games, averaged seven and a half minutes, averaged three and a half points. And if you spread that out to a 40 minute basis, that's 18 points and six and a half rebounds on 52% shooting. Like that is very, very efficient. And that is something that is going to work for Gonzaga. Here in the coming years. Next season, I think there's a chance he ends up starting at the three. Um, I think he's going to be fighting that spot with Anton Watson. And again, it really depends on what they want to do with Chet Holmgren on the offensive end. Um, But I think he's got a chance to start. If not, he's going to be a rotation player. He's going to play anywhere between 15 and 25 minutes. And I'm very, very, very excited um, because I am really high. I think I might be higher on Strother than most other people are. Um, I really, really love his offensive game. So we'll see how he develops this offseason and and heading into next year. And then on the women's side, let's talk about Abby O'Connor. She transferred in from Loyola Chicago. And like Andrew Nemhard, she was supposed to redshirt this season and develop her game and then be a contributor next year. However, just like Andrew Nemhard, she got eligible right before the start of the season. And she kind of took her a little bit to kind of get acclimated to the system and to playing with the rotation players. So she didn't play a ton at the start of the year. But then by the end of the year, she was a valuable rotation piece where she was playing you know, 15 to 20 minutes pretty much every game. The thing with her is that she essentially was a three-point specialist, and that was it. 46 of her 66 shots this year were from deep. She only took 22 pointers, and she took zero free throws the entire year. She averaged basically three points and two rebounds. So she was a three-point specialist and a defensive player. So the, the essentially a three and D type player. And next year, they're going to need her to be more than that. She averaged 12 and a half points when she was at Loyola Chicago. So she's got more scoring ability in her. And now with Jen Worth gone and Leanne Worth gone and Jill Townsend gone, those were their only three double-figure scorers on the roster this season. So I've talked about this before with Kaylee Trong and Melody Kempton, but they're going to need, Gonzaga is going to need more players to step up and take the offensive load next year and create more double-figure scores. I don't know, just based on what I saw this year, if Abby O'Connor can be that. Um, I think Yvonne Ejim and Melody Kempton and Kaylee Trong probably have uh, better opportunities to be those kinds of players. But at the very least, she needs to become a little bit more aggressive than just a three-point specialist. So we'll see what Abby O'Connor develops into next season 
Um, but I think she's definitely going to be a valuable, you know, 15, 20, 25 minute rotation player. Uh, and she certainly has the trust of the coaching staff. And this will be her fifth year in college basketball. So she's got that, you know, veteran type of leadership that the team will look up to as well. Okay, before we go today, just a couple extra quick tidbits. Gonzaga baseball playing today, 3 p.m. at UW. You can watch the game on the Pac-12 Network live stream. Omar Balo officially transferred to Arizona last night to play for Tommy Lloyd. This isn't just a Tommy Lloyd connection, although that's certainly a huge part of it. But when Balo committed to Gonzaga originally, his three choices were Arizona, Baylor, and Gonzaga. So there was some familiarity with the Arizona program originally. Um, and so that's where the big fella is going to be uh, playing next season. Gonzaga is looking into Mike Nuga. He is a 6'2 guard in the transfer portal. He spent two years at community college, and then he went to Portland State, where he averaged double figures, and then he transferred to Kent State, where he redshirted a year, and then this past season at Kent State, he averaged 18 points a game on uh, 65% shooting from inside the arc and 39% shooting from three-point range. He is a very, very efficient scorer. He's a really good rebounding guard for only being six foot two, and he does not turn the ball over that much. This is the type of guy that Gonzaga has gotten consistently over the last few years, a mid-major star looking to have a role as the third or fourth guard at Gonzaga. This is somebody I may keep an eye on just because of the type of player that he is and the type of player that Gonzaga has brought in over the past few seasons. And then one last thing I mentioned a little bit in the interview with Eric Perkins, but uh, Jalen Suggs did officially declare for the NBA draft. No surprise. He also uh, released an NFT uh, on his Twitter, which I have no idea what NFTs are. I've had NFTs and cryptocurrency explained to me multiple times, and I still don't get it. So don't even bother trying to explain it anymore. Uh, but good for him to try to get that money right away. Uh, Suggs just had an unbelievable season in Spokane. I've talked about it at length on this podcast many times. Tomorrow on the show, we are going to talk about Dominic Harris. The last two days, we've been talking about Julian Strother, Chet Holmgren, and Jalen Suggs. Well, without Dominic Harris, those three players probably aren't even in Spokane. He is a master recruiter, and he's due for a huge sophomore year. So tomorrow on the show, we're talking about Dominic Harris, and we'll also talk about Kaylin Trong, who's Kaylee's sister. Uh, she's more of an off guard than a point guard, um, but she is also going to be due for a big junior season. So we'll talk about Dominic Harris, Kaylin Trong tomorrow on the show. Don't forget, you can rate and subscribe to the podcast. Please leave a review with your Gonzaga story. What does Gonzaga mean to you? I will read them every Friday on the show. You can follow me on Twitter at scargo. That's at S-K-A-R-R-G-0. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnZags. If you want to email the show with your story, feel free to do so. LockedOnZags at gmail.com. Everybody enjoy your Tuesday. And I say this at the end of every show, and it's not just a catchphrase that I like to end podcasts with. It truly is a motto, and we got another sense of it yesterday. It is a great day to be a Zag.